0: another episode of the Miles Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, reigning FPL champion for the last time Chuck Bailey, and super spoiler Ian Stimpson. Gentlemen, you'll have to bear with me, I know this comes up every week, I know you're tired of hearing about it, but I'm gonna go ahead and have to talk about how much I love Harry Kane multiple times this episode, so just bear with me. As we all know, okay, I'm the biggest Harry Kane fan in the world, so
1: yeah, yeah, you are. You love him
0: big time. Chuck, how are you feeling? How, how'd the season close out for you?
1: You introduced me with the title of reigning champion, but it's over like it's, it's done. I reign, I reign no more. I it's <laughs>
2: <laughs> there is a chance that I overuse this music.
1: But...
0: Uh, we're gonna have to retire it after this season, I think.
1: <laughs> bleak, sorry, mate, fucking bleak. <laughs>
0: Yeah, at least uh, Palace got rid of Hodgson, right? That's got a that's a silver lining. Are you some sort yeah. of happiness?
1: <laughs> that's good. I mean, we haven't got anyone else, but yeah. I mean, you wouldn't just let a manager go right without With no plan. having someone else.
0: Where's, where's the other one? What's happening? Ian, you've been pricked, jabbed, stuck, vaccinated, waxed, yeah. vaxed, and ready to party, baby. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. First dose in. No side effects other than a little bit of uh, bit of arm pain, but
1: yeah. At least it's not just wrist pain, like normal. Well, um, exactly, yeah. But no, it's good. Normal life, becometh. Woohoo. I went to a pub. Woo! Got drunk. Woo! Uh, see, I still haven't
2: been out yet. I'm going to going out for dinner on Friday. I'm very excited.
0: Very yeah. nice, very nice. A little pre-Champions League final dinner, I respect that. You know, it's a big <laughs> occasion, got to pre-celebrate in the Absolutely. post.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I'm looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> Exciting stuff. All right, well, if you are joining us for the first time... Weird week to come in, but thank you. We're very <laughs> happy to have you. Uh, we are two Brits and one American, and we try to talk about the Premier League, but often get distracted. Uh, if you are back, even better. Thanks. We love you. Thanks for coming back. Tell a friend. Five-star review. Uh, Patreon.com slash for You have
2: absolutely nailed that recently. Every, like last three times, just got it off- No problem. No asking all, which one is it? Just bang, master side pod. There we go.
0: Ian, I've known all along. (laughs)
2: Oh, you bastard. (laughs) He hasn't. (laughs) hasn't.
0: But yeah, thanks. Uh, I think uh, payments are currently suspended on the Patreon as well. So if you want to hop on board, it is free for the summer until the next season starts. You can check out the Slack. You can listen to some old episodes. You can listen to me almost getting in a car accident in reaction to the trailer to some Star Wars movie a few years ago because I was excitedly recording a reaction on the way home.
1: You can listen to Oscar try and figure out for 15 minutes whether Spider-Man would be left or right footed Um, (laughs) whilst arguing with his doctor wife. It's a rich tapestry. It says so much.
0: That was great because that was just a regular night for us. We just turned on a microphone and then recorded ourselves talking about nerd shit for three hours straight. Um should we get to the fixtures then? Shall we uh, shall we talk soccer?
1: Yeah, mate! 38, in the the bag, the can, finito.
0: Absolutely, season is over. Last weekend of the season was last weekend. Obviously, you guys all know this, so we're going to run through the final table, kind of talk about the last couple of matches, see where teams ended up, and what's what. So, I guess we'll start at the top. Manchester City took the title, they finished on 86 points, a whopping... 12 ahead of the second place Manchester United, and capping it off with a big 5-0 win over Everton, 2.9 to 1.1 on XG, and I think the big story in that last match for me was Aguero, right boys? Aguero scoring two off the bench, just like his first appearance for City, his last appearance for City, beautiful bookend right there. What a bookend,
1: because I I managed to avoid everything about the football and watched it on Match Today, with knowing no scores, no results, anything, which meant I was a bit disappointed because there was no real shock results or nothing really went crazy. Um, But seeing, you know, it being Aguero's last game, him not starting, but Pep saying he's definitely coming on, and then him getting to come on with Man City fans there was great, and then scoring his first to tie Wayne Rooney's one-club Premier League record, and then... His last goal for City, being the one that goes ahead of that, was just such a delightful. I don't know, like the planets aligned in absolute fuckery of just <laughs> <laughs> last header. I haven't played for about thirty six <laughs> games this season. I was a few goals away. I'm going to do it in the last game, um, and he's going. Well, he's going Barcelona, isn't he? So I'd mean, assume, since he's best mates with him, that Lionel Messi is staying there. And yeah, what what a guy.
0: conspiracy time actually i have a take on that one i think that messi was like yo why don't you come replace me you can retire here at barca have a good few years before i and i'm gonna go to city so it'll be nice i'm like getting out of the way clearing the room for you secure that spot tell everyone i'm gonna stay so that they sign you and then deuces setting up his boy for his post city career i think that would be a really nice little move i don't necessarily think that messi is staying i'm not convinced but let's uh let's talk about city a little bit compared to last year um, because really I think that's kind of interesting to look at for me. Uh, their expected points were four less, so not really that much worse. Um, their expected goals allowed were six better, so they were a better team defensively, and I think that's a part of the big story there. People have talked about that a lot. Um, their actual goal difference went down by 16, and that is probably largely driven by their expected goals, which went down by a whopping 24 so they lost 24 expected goals compared to last season. Last season, 102 was like record-setting record, record yeah. setting expected yeah. goals. So there was always going to be a drop-off. But yeah, they were still the best team in the league for XG, but, you know, fell off momentously. And I think that was why they ended up at like 86 points. 86 respectable, but in recent seasons would have been like third or fourth place. Um, how do we feel about City's season as a whole? Are they worthy champions? How do we compare them to City of the last few years? Do we give them a pass because it's a pandemic season? Like, where are you guys at in the bigger picture with them?
1: Mm, I think, I mean, because there was a drop in goals a little bit this year. Um, The expected goals, didn't the XG across the whole league drop by quite a lot as well? Maybe I'm just imagining this.
0: Uh, This this is the kind of thing
1: I could have researched before.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I have the numbers for City, Liverpool, Chelsea, United, Leicester, Spurs, Arsenal and Palace. And among those, the only team that went up anything significantly was Spurs. Uh, unexpected so everybody oh, so this else did was, drop wait, quite a bit
1: hang on this year was better spurs wow yeah, um, oh, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll get to that but yeah <laughs> um, i think it's you know it was a weird season for them because it was it was quite late on and they were mid table uh then obviously went on that tremendous run uh of games got to the top of the league then got quite a lot of points clear started to make headway in the champions league and it was kind of they put the brakes on, especially towards the end. I think, you know, they had those results against Newcastle where they just scraped the win. They lost to Brighton with 10 men. So kind of, you know, questions asked, are they losing their way? How are they resting, rotating? And so they just decided in in the last game of the season just to go, yeah, we'll just drop a 5-0. That's fine. Um, But I I think, you know, all things considered, over the whole scope of the season, like, it's not exactly a hot take to say you've done a good job when you've won the league, but they... They did what they needed to do. Really, it's kind of how Liverpool, when they won the league, did what they needed to do and weren't as exciting as the year before. In this season, we've talked about how teams have had to adapt. Um, how teams that you know work on their fitness a lot more have done uh, done a lot better, or been able to rotate through the teams have done better. Um, City and Chelsea kind of being two of them, and then probably Leeds relatively. Um, you know Bielsa burnout just applies to all the other teams yeah (laughs) Bielsa burns them out by them never stopping and you know far and away leading the league for sprints and runs so yeah I think it's a good year for City Um, just staying constant get a win win the League Cup Champions League final that's kind of the barometer we've said it for so many years now that's what they want they want the Champions League final they want that trophy that's why Pep is
0: there Absolutely. And for me, I think my take on them would be similar to you. Like they were the best team. I think they're well and truly deserving champions. I think 86 points is kind of a low tally for a champion overall, but they were, you know, especially in a weird year, just consistent. Um, It took them a little bit of time to get off the ground at the beginning. Pep introducing a new system, um, slower down, slowed it down, a little more possession, all that sort of stuff. To me, they went from like an all time great team, one of the best teams that we've ever seen to just a regular champion, best team in England, probably the best team in Europe position. So, you know, when you're at, like, number one all-time, number two all-time, and you drop to just the best, it seems like a drop, but they're still, like, the best fucking team in the world. So I don't know if there's really particular nuance beyond that. Ian, what do you have some words on... uh, Give us some words on City.
2: I just think it was an absolute masterclass by pep of exactly i mean we talk about game management a lot but this was season management he knew what the rest of us seemingly didn't in that there were a lot of people being worried about man city's performance in the first 10 12 games of the season but he was deliberately put, keeping the brakes on because he knew that it, this would be a season that where players would get overworked there would be you know, lots of lots of games in a short space of time. I mean, we've said this season just seems relentless. So imagine what it was like for the players. The fact that XG, yes, it went down, but they still finished top of XG. When a lot of the time they're playing without a recognised striker, um, Jesus is is not what we hoped he would be. And you know, obviously, Aguero's had his injury issues, and he's getting a little bit older now. So it's it's really. Yeah, it's really quite something for, for season management for Pep, I think. It's uh, incredibly impressive. And I, it does feel like the sort of thing that uh, Alex Ferguson used to be able to do at Manchester United when they were going through
0: squad mm. transitions mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: where he would grind out a title win. A league. <laughs> <Just laughs> yeah, like, yeah, grind yeah, out a title <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, which might seem silly because Man City had it wrapped up early to say that ground it out, but this whole season's felt like a bit of a grind. And um, yeah, I think it's I think it's amazing work from Pep uh, to do what he's done. Um, Ruben Diaz has been a massive help to shore them up defensively for when they maybe weren't scoring as many goals as previous seasons. Um, but yeah, you you really can't argue with it. It will be interesting to see how they replace um aguero because having if they get back to having a recognized number 9 or someone or just a goal poacher then you know they'll go back to being absolutely unstoppable again
0: yeah and i it did feel like there was a messy shaped hole in their front like they built new tactics new possession style system to slow it down because of an aging messi and he would have fit in like perfectly up in the front there where Jesus and or Aguero were not actually playing. Um, and so I do wonder, like, is that the move they're going to make in the summer? Looking ahead to next season, is it just a striker? Is there anything else that you guys, and I'll throw it to Chuck first here, um, you're thinking about they might need next season? Or is it just like run it back, keep it going?
1: They've they've got the resources and they, they have the resources and they have the infrastructure from both extremes you know yes they've they have spent money on clubs they've never done the 100 million for a player but they've they've done years where they've spent 50 million or so on three players each right. whilst also having pep nurture talent like Phil Foden coming in Ferran Torres who all of a sudden starts performing in that role in that false nine i just don't no i mean obviously if city went out and bought erling Haaland. if city bought Kylian mbappe city are probably one of the only teams that would be a good destination for i know you joked about it earlier but like harry kane because they don't really give a shit that much about the resale value mm-hmm. they've got a big enough squad mm-hmm. and enough pieces there that they can manage his time effectively and not need to play him every minute of every game, whilst also having an incredibly dangerous striker there. That would be quite terrifying, I think, if Harry Kane did go, because, you know, he's winning the golden boot for Tottenham and he's had a fantastic season this year. And so a player like that going there, or, you know, dropping 120 million on Erling Haaland, potentially. Yeah. Like, Jesus. And then, you know, what they'll do is, is because of how they analyse everything everywhere, they'll pull in a couple of players that you've never really heard of, and they'll just fit in perfectly like pieces. I'm not a football expert, but I'd never heard of Ferran Torres before.
0: No, yeah, you know, yeah Bernardo
1: yeah. Silva I wasn't really familiar with, but he had a few good seasons with Monaco. I think came out at around the same time as Kylian Mbappé, Benjamin Mendy. Before he went mental um, and just stopped performing as well. So the 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 short answer is no idea, mate. They'll okay. buy, buy good place. <laughs>
0: it's almost like uh, spending money on an analytics department leads to good transfers. Of players that people have never heard of, but turns out they're actually great. I don't know. I'm just saying. Just saying. Um, This is going to be a piping hot take, but I actually think that Kane might be a better fit than Mbappe or Holland, given their current tactical system
1: and his familiarity
0: with the league. They're already playing a slow game. And while Kane has his physical limitations, just given his age and his injury history, um, in the right system, and we saw a lot of that this year, actually, because Jose kind of built the system around him to a certain extent, he can still shine very brightly and if anyone can like plug in a guy who is like limited but still amazing at the things he's not limited at, it would be Pep Guardiola. Mm-hmm. And I think Holland and Mbappé are both um, more... I mean, literally more physical players. They're bigger, they're faster. And um, that's not really how City's playing right now. So they'd have to retweak their entire system to bring those two guys in. Whereas Kane could be much more of a plug-and-play. All right, let's move on from there, though, um, to last year's champions and that is liverpool liverpool finishing up uh with a 2-0 win against crystal palace 2.2 to 0.8 so you know pretty much exactly Ooh! along the score line xg um, and securing their top four status so gentlemen before we get to the bigger picture any reactions chuck obviously i'll go to you first on why? the liverpool versus palace game palace being your team
1: oh well that yeah, makes sense that's why um yeah. I said before that match of the day, blah, 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 didn't know anything of the game. And what they always do with match of the day is when there is still something to play for on the last game of the season, whatever the position, whether it's top, fourth place, relegation, they show the highlights of those matches concurrently okay, so that it jumps between and then they take all three games, two games, whatever, as a whole. The fact that they weren't showing much highlights from the Liverpool (laughs) Palace game shows that it wasn't the most exciting Um, considering, you know, what happened in the others it's kind of fair enough. But they, yeah, they weren't really showing much of Villa Chelsea either. Um, You know, Sadio Mane scores against Palace every single time he plays against them. We, I don't know, it still just felt like a, what's the point? Of play, you know, against Arsenal, you. I said last week, you know, didn't really change anything. Try and do anything different, play adventurously. Then against Liverpool, does the same, like keep it Like, why loan Mitchi Bachuai and play his wages for all this time and then not play him? Why have Mateta, who you brought in on loan, and then Benteke has kind of a bit of an injury, so he goes to the bench. So you just put Zaha up front with Ayu and thing, and like just play something different. Fuck it, like. It's literally the last time you will be with these players or whatever. So it was just, I don't know, it just felt like a damp squib end to the season, really, um, from a Palace perspective. For Liverpool, you know, obviously results went their way very very much. So, you know, they did what they had to do, no matter what. And results meaning, you know, we were talking, do they get fourth, potentially? And then lo and behold, you know, they finish up in third. So... You know, it's a it's a it's a good season. Um, they they did really well their last uh, their last run of games. They were undefeated in ten games to end the season, you know, like eight wins and two two losses uh, two draws. So that's doing exactly what you needed to do from a situation that wasn't looking good. You know, Oscar, you were counting through the percentages. Yeah, they it were went. very low. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Leicester were like. 80s 90s percent to do it you know so i think liverpool did what they needed to do palace of palace we should probably just get a manager that'd be good (laughs) and yeah you know it's 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 not probably what they would have wanted um and you wonder if you know if this is now going to be a new base for them if potentially there's going to be a more of a slide what kind of happens they haven't had van dyke for the whole year basically um which is mad um, uh, and, you know, I think wynaldum has gone. He's not getting a contract renewal. Who yeah, knows what's going to happen with that's those? That's
2: gone under the radar a little bit because I think he's an amazing player for them who just really makes their midfield tick. Him and Henderson do so much.
0: beating Well, yeah.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, it's a bit... I wonder where Liverpool are going to go. It's going to be good to have Van Dijk back. And, and they. while I've said teams should have the squad depth to be able to deal with injuries, you know, it can't be underestimated what an amazing player he is. And to have so many defenders out and then finish the back end of the season like they have, it was probably always going to take time for defenders who hadn't played together to gel. Yeah, And, you know... Really, I think when you take it as a whole, this season has to be considered a success. It will. It will be interesting to see how they kick on from from here and how they replace uh, the likes of Wijnaldum and and uh, you know obviously. How how he deals with a defense that's going to have Van Dyke back and and mm-hmm. have certain players knocking on the door wanting to play games because they've uh, you know performed well at the end of the season, so it's going to be interesting for Liverpool. But I think on the whole, you
1: have to consider this a good season. Yeah. And you know it's important because there are, there's only two players that played every game this season for Liverpool, and that's Andrew Robertson and Wijnaldum. So wow, you know, okay. it just shows it. It just it does seem a bit strange that you let a player go who is, yeah. thing, But you know, obviously they they've got a plan there.
0: Yeah, and I I, I generally trust their analytics department. Um, they've been able to consistently overperform over the years, and sometimes overperformance is luck, and sometimes overperformance is the club knows something that we don't, right? And they have a very advanced analytics department in house, so they probably know something that we don't. Um, but the age profile of Liverpool is very concerning going into next season. All three of Mane, Sala, and Firmino will be 30 by the end of next season. They're mm. all turning 30. Like, that is worrying. So, like, Wijnaldum is not the only person who might be on the way out. I mean, he is on the way out. But there's a, a much bigger rebuilding project that's going to have to happen soon at Liverpool. And I don't think that they're quite ready to face that yet, but it's going to come at them and it's going to come at them fast because that cliff, that statistical cliff at age 30 is steep. Um, But it didn't really seem to show this year that much. I mean, they played exactly to their expected points. So they ended up about where they needed to be. And compared to last season, what, they lost three expected goals. They were seven worse on expected goals allowed and five worse on expected points. So not really that much worse than last season, all things considered. Like, I think the story last season was just such a massive overperformance that falling to about their expectation now feels like a precipitous fall, but it actually is just like basically in the big yeah. picture regression to mean. Like,
1: and it, and it's funny that we said that that would probably happen, and they're within point two points. They overperformed by point two of a point across a whole season. They were pre- expected points third, actually finished third as well. So it's just it's just numbers, guys. Just numbers.
0: Yeah, exactly right. But one team, and we can move on now to my team, that did not at all perform to their expectations this year is Chelsea Football Club. Speaking of not performing to their numbers, Mr. Stimson, go ahead and cue the jingle, please.
2: Ooh, they're better than they ought to be. Burn of the week.
0: One last time, for good measure, Chelsea getting burn lead of the week t- uh,
1: our, the only at, Burnley of the week as well I believe
0: oh really I, haven't, I didn't really keep up with the other matches to be honest I was triple screening us Leicester and Liverpool and it was pretty stressful so like <laughs> <laughs> um, but Aston Villa 2 Chelsea 1 Aston Villa 1.0 to Chelsea's 3.4 3.4 3. <laughs> <point fucking> <laughs> Chuck you said that nothing there was not that many highlights to show between the Liverpool and the Chelsea match on match of the day that is because both of them spent the entire first half camped out in the opponent's box, putting in shot after shot after shot after shot and Watfording the fuck out of themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was genuinely terrifying and hilarious at the same time to be looking at Liverpool. Every time I looked to the left at the Liverpool screen, they were near the penalty area taking a shot and it was somehow still 0-0. And then I would look up at Chelsea and they were near the penalty area taking a shot and it was still somehow 0-0. So I don't know. It was a terrifying day watching those two matches back to back was like snorting pure cocaine i don't know like we lost but we got through thanks spurs shout out harry kane um we love you love harry kane always said he's a good guy
1: it's gareth bale this time it saved your bacon
0: yeah bale and B- and kane both of them um gareth bale who by the way i think ended up top of the charts for xg per 90 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um yeah. which is what happens when you don't filter for total minutes played, folks. Make sure you do a good job when you're analyzing stats.
2: <laughs> Just an a indicator of bad stats
0: there. <laughs> yeah, bad stats work. I saw um XG philosophy today tweeted that like Trent Alexander-Arnold over the last 3 seasons has more expected assists than Trippier, reese James and a third person uh Walker, I think combined. I was like, yeah, no shit, because he plays in a tactical system where he is is the primary creator, whereas Rhys James wasn't playing three seasons ago. (laughs) So, like, per 90, maybe? Throw it in there? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. (laughs) The Villa match, while interesting to Chelsea fans, wasn't much going on there. But either of you have, like, particular thoughts on that one, or should we go straight to the big picture here?
1: I mean, I just want to give props to Antoine Hackford, who actually has the best XG per 90, because he played one game for four minutes and took a shot.
0: There you go. Exactly.
1: <laughs> 2.3 goals expected per 90. Well done, Antoine Hackford of Sheffield United. <laughs> Fucking Sign him Should him have played him more and they wouldn't have got relegated. Uh, what was the question, Oscar? <laughs> what, what were we talking about? Ian
0: and or Chuck's specific reactions to the specifically Aston Villa-Chelsea match where Villa Byrne lead us on the last day of the season, but turns out I didn't particularly Fucking lol. That was low. That LOL. was fun. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Timo Werner continues to be cursed. He's
1: so cursed, so offside all the time. So un- un- underperforming his XG, not including all of the offside goals. It's insane. It's so insane. God bless him.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's worrying, but fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine.
2: <laughs> yeah. Are Chelsea gonna replace him? Do you think, or no, is it gonna? Are you
0: fucking kidding that's me? I just hope an not.
2: Immediate no. Okay. No, they're,
0: I hope they're smarter than that. He yeah. is still, despite his his like actualized numbers, one of the most effective players at creating and scoring. Yes. In the league, so may, maybe not the finishing aspect of that, but that was <laughs> not, a, not the scoring bit. Yeah, it was a blip. I mean, <laughs> he, in, he, he over the bigger picture of his whole career, he's been phenomenal. So I I really hope that they don't go waste money on a team over in a replacement, maybe get another like forward and he can alternate back and forth on the wing and stuff. But no, I really, I don't think that's an area of concern for Chelsea at all, but let's switch over to the big picture. Then Chelsea compared to last season had seven less expected goals, but 10 better expected goals allowed. So a huge improvement defensively. Um, they did also have a plus four on their expected points and a plus seven on their actual goal difference. Um, but I think the bigger story there, despite You know, generally improving compared to last season is that they were very fucking far off of their expected numbers. So they were underperformed by 11 goals, underperformed by five goals allowed, underperformed by 10 points in the table. Um, And that kind of is the big story for me, at least with Chelsea. But where are you guys at in terms of Chelsea's bigger picture as a season? Is it a success? Did, you know, the whole like switching manager midstream? Where are it's got to be.
1: It's got to be a success because that, mm. that team needs to be close to the title or, you know, definitely getting Europe as a minimum, getting to the Champions League final. Uh, that's the FA Cup final. Uh, that's that's the successful season, all, all things considered. What what that translates to next year is irrelevant um because you know Tuchel's got didn't he sign an 18 month contract so he's got he did, next yes. season basically so mm-hmm. look, he's going to be ch- it's going to be cheap to fire him if they if they do something <laughs> you know what i mean and they're not you know none of these clubs are shy with pulling the trigger um you know ever since the Ranieri one it kind of you know showed <laughs> that no one's untouchable but him with more time with those players i mean we saw how quickly he You know, we said that Lampard's problem with Chelsea off the ball and retaining it and those kind of things. Like, how quickly he sorted that out? It'll it'll be interesting. it would be really, really interesting to see.
0: And it was a dramatic enough effect that even though he was only here for half a season, because we all fucking know it wasn't Lampard's defensive numbers that were good, we went up by 10 XGA. Like, 10 XGA better than last season, which is a fucking massive swing. And that's down to Tuchel. And if you look at the table... From the day Tuchel took over, we're only one point short of City over pretty much half a season, like expected point, I should say.
1: Sorry. 19 games and 13 goals conceded.
0: Yeah. Phenomenal. Just like genuinely phenomenal.
1: That's incredible. I mean, obviously the the scoring part needs to be worked on because, you know, only scoring just over a goal a game, 25 to 19, that's good. But, you know, I think it's bright.
0: Yeah. I think when we lost Lampard, we traded in goals for defense. Because we went down 7 on XG, but up 10 on expected goals allowed. So that's like very much stability for less excitement. And that's kind of where we're at. Um, Ian, big picture takes on Chelsea's season.
2: I don't think I've got anything to add, really. It has, obviously, it's a success. European qualification, especially... all about next week, it? Well, exactly. (laughs) A lot of it is about next week. (laughs) Um, Or rather, yeah, this weekend. Yeah. but it, obviously, it has to be a success. I think Chelsea, at the time, I don't know whether I thought that they were acting a bit quick on Lampard, but it is impossible to call that a bad decision now, mm-hmm. uh, seeing what you know Tuchel's done. So it, it has to you know that it, he was given the target Champions League qualification. Yes, it took the last game to do it, but he did it. As Chuck says, FA Cup final, Champions League final has to be considered a success be really, really interesting to see what he does next year when he's got a, a full pre season to deal with and maybe has some input into uh, player recruitment. It's it's going to be very interesting. I think Chelsea have got to be have got to be pushing for the title next season. I think it it has to be that you know that's going to be Tuchel's uh, target that the board give him, surely, isn't it, just to, to win the title or at least challenge.
0: I mean, that would be my target. Like, I'm going to be upset next season if we don't win the title. Not even challenge for it. Win, full stop, the title. Like, with how much we spent last summer, there's no COVID. Kai Havertz is like, finally looks like he has lungs and can run again, which is a huge difference compared to the first half of the season. Like, everything is moving in the right direction. And we, like I just said, if you sort by when Tuchel took over, we're pretty much already level with City. Yes, they took their foot off the gas. There's a lot of like little extra bits that go into there. But yeah. at the end of the day, like whatever caveats you put in, it's still a point away. So you get, you know, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny swing. If you put in those, you know, if you try to sort of adjust for the caveats. And I think with Tuchel, with a full season, I, I would expect us to win the title, or at least I'll be very angry if we don't. Huh. Um, okay. Chuck, what are you thinking about next season with Chelsea?
1: I, th- I think that's a fair target, you know, because that's got to be the expectation. That's what, Chelsea that's the position Chelsea that's the position Man City that's the position Man United that's that's the position those teams should be in Liverpool as well that they should be our target is win the league that's it and we'll be disappointed that you can look look at it after the fact and say well xyz happened and bloody bloody blah and you know did when Liverpool got what was it 97 points and didn't win the league you like <laughs> literally, what the, what, the, what the fuck can we do like there can be that realm of variance but it's it's all about how close it also goes as well. So I, I think if it's a tit-for-tat and it's the last day of the season, then, you know, nothing's going to happen with Tuchel. But if he, you know, if he's like, finishes fourth or something, then I, I just don't think Chelsea would probably bother because it's all very short-term. Everything, it's it's always easy at the start to say about a long-term project until you're in it.
0: Right. And then yeah. it gets
1: very trigger-happy very quick.
0: Absolutely. And we do have, like you said, 14 months is the average time frame yeah. for new managers at Chelsea since Roman Abramovich took over. So exactly. That puts us about a month before the end of the season next season, which is
1: yeah. perfect. <laughs> uh, do we talk about bottle jobs? Is that, is that the, the logical thing to move on to now? As we do yeah, absolutely.
0: We, do? we can talk about Man United if you want. Wee. I'm assuming that's what you meant for bottle jobs. <laughs> uh, from one team that massively underperformed their numbers to a team that massively Overperformed their numbers, we go to Man United. Man United closing out the season with a nice, comfortable win. 2-1 over Wolves, 2.1 to 0.7, so exactly lining up with the XG. Shout out, XG. We love you. Um, (laughs) I didn't watch this. I was obviously highly preoccupied. Did anybody watch that match? No one watched it. Okay, so we don't need to talk about the match (laughs) itself. Let's talk about the big picture then. Uh, Compared to last season, so tracking the sort of temporal growth, Man United were three expected goals worse. Four expected goals allowed worse. Four expected points worse. Um, So definitely a downward move, at least in the underlying numbers compared to last season. But they did manage to overperform enough that it didn't matter because they were 10 above their expected goals, two below their expected goals allowed, and eight points above their expected points. So a pretty decently big overperformance. Eight points is quite a bit in the table. That would have taken them Mm. down to like fourth or fifth, right? So – they'll be painted this will be painted as a successful season for man united especially finishing second above liverpool and above chelsea but looking ahead to sort of next season do we think that they'll be able to still come in second are they at least definitely the fourth best team are they looking over their shoulder at leicester how are you guys feeling about man united going into next season given the sort of totality of how they played this year
1: it feels like it's gonna be a turning point ish. I don't know, because it feels like now that after they've had Ole there for a while and whatever the thoughts or thing is, whatever, he has just delivered a second place finish as Manchester United manager. So it it kind of feels like now like they've probably changed to something, predicting a Chelsea rise, a Liverpool response, or those kind of things. Can he be the man to take us to weather that storm again when they all start coming and gunning for it in rebuilds or whatever, however it looks. Or do they pull the trigger and go to someone else now? And not that I know who's available, but that's that's kind of what it feels like. You know, you look at it after the fact, and you see, oh, Man United a second. Like, kind of like with the Mourinho year, where you were like, Man United were second? Because like, they do have great players. And we've they said really it so do. many times, it's like just individual it just it just never feels like it's enough or a wowing. And I don't know whether that's personal bias. I don't know whether that's because of knowledge of the history of that club and how they would be. Um, whether it's just because we joke about Ole doesn't know what he's doing. I don't know. Luke Shaw and vibes. <laughs>
0: yeah, we. I mean, we've talked about that a bunch this season, right? The Luke Shaw and vibes joke, which is one, hilarious and two, also accurate. Mm um but there it's, is something to be said like genuinely for just throw your best most talented players out there and kind of let them sort it out like you want someone who, who can come in like a Tuchel and like impose a system and there are some managers out there i do look at the team that they just played right like nuno Santos is leaving wolves he could be an option that's for mad united like he he has tactical knowledge and the ability to implement systems and all that sort of stuff but if they do keep Ole, like they have talented enough fucking players that they can stumble their way to fourth, like genuinely.
2: If they keep Ole, do we think there's any doubt in that at all? I mean, I think I think he's
1: definitely the manager going into next season, isn't he?
0: If there's someone on the market that they can get,
1: if it's a, I think if it's a now or never, I think it's just I, it's it's whether you want someone to just I think accepting that you've got Ole as your manager is accepting that winning the title isn't what you're going for, in a way. That you're not looking Uh, to win the title in the next two, three years. You're looking at top four every year for three, four years, keep adding, 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 gel, do whatever, and then go. And so then it's whether it's Ole setting up the team for another manager or whether they feel the team is at that point. There's so many variables and reasonings and, and why you would go for it or what the tactics would be of when you make the charge for the league. And it's just that do the planets align at the right time that everyone's in a rebuilding year. It's kind of what happened with Leicester. They just did it in a year where everyone was off their game. And they're the team that stayed consistent and went for it. And it was Tottenham that were the ones that that was their chance. You know, Liverpool took their shot. If you see what I mean, like it just
0: that's yeah, what I it mean, feels Ian, think like. Back to, think back to two summers ago when they gave... It was the summer that Arteta, Lampard and Ole all got hired and we were like, haha, ha, ha. Everybody's just hiring a club legend for good vibes. Like, you know, none of these teams actually know what they're doing. It's rebuilding, blah, 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 blah. We we and United never brought him in to be like the long-term solution. It was just to kind of hold the page until they were ready to make a bigger move. And like, that still feels true to me. I still haven't seen anything over the last two years that makes me think that he's like progressed as a manager.
2: I don't disagree with you, but I think that we're talking from a sort of football purist point of view here of... I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. If, if they want to kick on, they probably need that next level manager. But I think in the real world, we're looking at a Man United who are run by uh, people who seem incredibly disconnected, maybe even more so than some other big mm. big football boards and stuff. And Ole's cheap. And I don't know whether they will put their hand in their pocket to get this transformative big name manager. I just, I can't see it happening. I don't, I don't know who comes on the market who they would be willing to put their hand in their pocket for when Ole has just given them a season where they've finished second, which was probably above what they thought they'd finish. So I just, I, I don't, I don't know if I see it, to be honest. I, I agree that it would maybe be a, a clever thing to do to try and get someone tried and tested at, uh, at the highest level, but I just, I'm not sure it happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, to your point, like, they did in the last six months pass on Pochettino and on Tuchel. Yeah. So, like, it's not like there wasn't managers out there to go for. Um, So, you're I do see your point. Like, that's definitely, you know, we're thinking about it in terms of the football. They're thinking about it in terms of the bottom line because they're the ones making the manager decisions is the owners. Um, But I do think a lot of it's going to come down to Liverpool next year, honestly. City and Chelsea are going to be, you know, barring major disasters or highly unforeseen turn of like underlying numbers and talent and whatever like those are going to be two teams guaranteed to be in the title race and guaranteed towards the top liverpool with their age profile there's a there's a decent question about liverpool at least in my mind i know that there's not that many people saying that but like again their front line is all turning 30 next year that comes with it with a change in numbers and if they fall below united who are seemingly sort of on the way up then then I could see Ole being safe, but if like now it's Liverpool, United, Leicester, and Spurs all fighting for two spots, I don't know that they would be comfortable with like potentially losing out on Champions League money. Because then it does come back to the money, right? Like mm-hmm. uh but speaking of Leicester, actually, if we're talking about people joining in the top four race, let's move on to bottle them. Jobs. Uh yes, the real bottle jobs, second <laughs> season in a row, falling out of the top uh... four on the last day. This time with Leicester 2, Tottenham 4, Leicester 1.8 to Tottenham's 1.9. So a bit of a burn leaning, not quite as bad as Chelsea though. How are Leicester fans feeling today? Because we talked a little while ago about like, if they get FA Cup but not top 4, will they be happy? And you guys both said the silverware would be nice. Do we still think that Leicester fans are happy about the FA Cup or are they just like furious about how that match went down?
1: Would you like to hear a horrific stat? Absolutely. I I contemplated whether we do some sort of bid-up bluffer for it or something. But um, over the last two seasons, Leicester have spent 93% of the time in the top four and not qualified for the Champions League both times. (laughs) 93% of the season for two seasons and not finished top four. Like, that's gutting
0: i told y'all it's a closed shop they're not one of the big six they don't get to finish top four that's not how this works (laughs) you bastard (laughs) you know they said they Uh... get they get
1: europe and and i think it is still i think it's the the short-term pain of course of it happening on the last season of them being up in that game and then to lose 4-2 and and fair enough because it was it's one of those score lines where i think it's The nature of the game, because Leicester had to go for it and had to win, it then opened up more for Tottenham. Um, And because Liverpool had won, like they they weren't going in on goal difference, were they, against Chelsea? No way. You know, poor guys. But I think with a little bit of time, you look back on it and you see, right, we got Europa League, we won an FA Cup final, we have European football, because that is still an attractor for extra players, and I... I've said it numerous times I have zero fears or disbelief in Leicester's recruiting system, how they run their club, anything like that. I just think for them for them to be if the, if Leicester become a stable 5th 6th 5th place club that's incredible as an it achievement. It is amazing. Yeah. And if yeah. it then does still become that each year they get that roller coaster of can they finish top 4 and capitalize and get into that position, then it's it's an incredible achievement. Uh, I really think it is. So I think it's just one of those ones where, with a bit of time, um, they they'll appreciate it more. And then it's just about next season when they do they spend ninety five percent of the season in the top four <laughs> sure. and not get it. But yeah, Brendan, Brendan rogers Rodgers and, and that team they're doing they're doing good things.
0: And it it really does feel like the same season, kind of back to back, like deja vu for them because compared to last year's numbers, they were. Two worse unexpected goals, one better unexpected goals allowed, and one point worse unexpected points. So, like,
1: just basically the exact same as last season. So, they're consistent, at least. And that's that's always a good thing and something to build on. That At least yeah, the, then you know it's, like, deserved.
0: They're consistently, like, the sixth best, fifth best team in the league. Um, I think, to me, though, the question mark is, when will Vardy finally drop off? Because he managed to still produce good numbers this year. A lot of that was helped by, by the absurd number of penalty kicks that Leicester had because they yeah. had an absurd number of penalty kicks, including the two goals on the last day of the season. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly spot on for Leicester. But like, Vardy's pretty fucking old. And at some point, he's not going to be the guy for them. So yeah. can they go out and find someone else? And who is that someone else that they all can you, find? All
1: you need is Vardy full of spite for five minutes and he will get you a goal. <laughs> like 80, 85 85 minutes of a game that Vardy doesn't have to do anything. You just have to give him the opportunity for him to have been pissed off, run for five minutes, and he will score or set up a goal. Give him a WKD blue and set him off. Give him a fucking WKD blue, <laughs> bang his Skittles Vodka in him, and away you go. <laughs> it's it's insane, because like you said, he's old and he had twenty he still had twenty-four goal involvements. He went through a massive drought. And Yeah, you know, yeah I think
2: that the, the drop off did start this season and he still he still did you know he still did well. Um but performed
1: yeah, his numbers by five goals as well. So Yeah.
2: Right, really, okay. So there you go. But do they need to go in for a massive big name striker? Ian Acho looks like he he finished the season really well. Um but then it was often in tandem with Vardy. So mm. it's a it's a tricky one that because they did seem to work very well together towards the end of the end of the season. But I mean he might be a he might be a replacement and apprentice in waiting, you know. I don't know. Leicester don't
1: know. Leicester see, you know, I joke about with you of on the WhatsApp group about Ivan Tony at Brentford and you know yeah. wanting him for Palace, but like Leicester seems like the kind of club that would buy that kind of striker.
2: You know, that you know would I mean? be a hell of a fit, I think, actually. Yeah.
1: You know, you know what I mean? Because of their level, they now they're at the point... You know how I said, you know, when Sheffield United spent £30 million on Rhi and Brewster and it wasn't a good idea for them. I mean, yeah. God bless hindsight in that case, because that was a good <laughs> prediction for me for once. But <laughs> that was too much of a risk for that club. But whereas yeah. Leicester, they can afford to make that because if, you know, if you get Ivan Tony you keep Jamie Vardy there, you keep Ian Nacho, they can still do the business. So yeah. I think that's the kind of thing potentially where they look for if Brentford don't go up.
0: Yeah, and I think another name, potentially it'll be a more expensive name than Ivan Tony, but I think Tammy Abraham would also potentially be a very good fit for them mm. and yeah. someone who is likely to be on the market this summer and probably someone who's likely to be on the market this summer for relatively cheap uh, compared to what you might pay for him given his minutes, right, and his profile this year. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to put you guys on the spot then. Will Leicester make top four finally next season? Chuck, yes or no?
1: I love that this is the prediction. Uh, yeah, why not? I'll say yeah.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, Ian, will Leicester finally crack into top four next season?
2: I, I will say no. I can't see him bra- breaking into, like you say, it's either Man United or Liverpool who would have to drop out, I think. And I, I can't see it as it stands.
0: Piping hot take from me. I think they'll finish above Liverpool for fourth place next year.
2: Wow. Okay. I did not expect okay. you to say that. Okay.
0: Shall we just out of obligatory nature mention that Spurs and Arsenal, ha 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 ha, are actually somehow better than they were last year despite being so shit?
2: Good Lord. Um, I think we just Jesus did. Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, I'll <laughs> rattle off some numbers just to see how hilariously better they are. Uh, Spurs, plus eight improvement on their expected goals, plus one improvement on their expected goals allowed, and plus five unexpected points. Arsenal, plus one unexpected goals, plus 14 unexpected goals allowed. Holy shit, Arteta sorted out their defense, I guess. Um, And plus nine unexpected points compared to last season. So massive, massive improvements for both of them. Spurs specifically in the attacking department. Arsenal specifically in the defensive department. Um, Do we Mm. think that they will make any sort of moves towards top four next year, or are they still just hanging around seventh place or so?
1: Yeah, probably. I don't really care. Fair enough. Okay, Ian. Can we talk about them next week instead? Not bothered.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking about them next week. I, they get five minutes right now, if that, and then that's it. We're done with it.
2: Yeah. I think it's absolutely fair to not talk about Arsenal at all, Chuck. That's that's fine. I think well, I mean, Tottenham
1: We talk only... about how dull they were, and they were involved in the game that had the lowest XG for the whole season. Well,
0: they... Ag- Against Spurs, Spurs, these two yeah, teams. <laughs> say, no, no, that's <laughs> yeah. what I mean.
1: Both those teams. We say how yeah. bad those teams are, and they both yeah, have yeah, yeah, the... Yeah. You know what I mean? So... Yeah. It you know? was incredibly dull.
2: Um, I Spurs have qualified for the UEFA. What is it? The Conference FIFA League. Conference League. League.
1: Now, they might win that.
2: Probably won't. <laughs> they fucking ought to be trying to win that. But I didn't. I don't think I'd ever Googled this competition. Or, this is the first year, isn't it? Next year. Yep. It, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I assumed it was some sort of qualifying competition for the Europa League but no it's a oh, third no. tier of European competition who needs that uh, Spurs are going to have if they go to the end they're going to have an extra 17 games
0: in their season <laughs> playing on a Thursday I just that's that'll be good for Harry Kane's ankles oh yeah
2: <laughs> Arsenal have got the better deal by not qualifying
1: for that surely fuck absolutely me. look it's what it's what the owners want they want more European games guys this oh, is just this awful, is what they voted though. for Awful. I,
2: I, I've, yeah, I feel for Spurs fans getting the shitty end of the stick of being nowhere near Champions League No, man, reality. qualify for Europe. Good for uh, them. Is, is, that what the, <laughs> is that what the target was that was given to the dog mare and he just misunderstood?
1: It is the closest they will get to a European trophy. Well, yeah. You know, even if it is 17 games
0: away. Yeah. <laughs> so no predictions for Arsenal because fuck them. But will Kane actually stay this summer, Chuck? Yes or no?
1: The only thing i can think is that with the euros he doesn't do a move because southgate's like please don't because all the england fans will be like um and then he gets gets injured yeah
0: yeah (laughs) okay so he's staying he's staying staying because he's injured
1: he goes if he doesn't get injured
2: (laughs) No, no i think he's going all the noises sound like he's going i yeah i can't i can't see him saying that that's that's this season, the end of this season has been incredibly disappointing for Kane, but mm-hmm. he's had a ve- he's had a very good season, albeit quite a slow, dropping deep one. But it, you know, he's had a brilliant season, a golden boot winner. The golden boot winner should not be in a team that finishes seventh, eighth in the league. That shouldn't happen. So he, I think he's going. And the only thing I can think of possibly is if. Daniel Levy gets some sort of amazing manager in who manages to convince him, convince him there's a project going on. But all that's got to happen very quickly. I just can't
1: see it happening. I think he's gone. We, we said this before. Tottenham had their rebuilding period and their chances. They had yeah. it. That was two that, summers ago. It's done. It's It's yeah. gone. So Kane can't now... At 28, you can't be part of a rebuilding project. You have to be mm. part of success. That's why it makes sense for a, a team like City because he just drops in. He can he doesn't even he can score eighteen goals. That's not you know, not get the golden boot and they'll still walk the
0: league and do it yeah. that way. He's not just the golden boot, he's also the assists winner yes, for the yeah. season. Like he's top of both of those. And the fact that he That's probably insane. won't even get player Shit, of the year I just is noticed that. fucking insane. Like he won't he won't. It'll either be I don't know. Probably Ruben Diaz or maybe Mo Salah. I, I, I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know who the bookies have. But um, Harry Kane absolutely deserves player of the season. There was,
1: you know, we talk about Kane going. There was a particularly, they did show a, a very long, emotional-looking three-way hug between Kane, Son, and Ali at the end of that game. And obviously, oh. the cameras would focus on it. But they were very close in for quite a long time. It looked quite emotional, you know, It's yeah. that could be the the goodbye. That was kind of, you know, because everything else, rightly so, is just noise until before, and media speculation will just shoot and Sky want to divert to Skybet and all these kind of theories and whatever and drive volume that way. That's why it starts off unfounded or, you know, they don't bother trying to source anything really. But then just as the time goes on, you get a bit more and more, you know, Guardiola's being asked... Um, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is being asked about Kate, like you know and they're trying to deflect those it's just a gradual gradual thing that you know did he hand in a transfer request was that all made up did it then lead to him actually wanting to do that kind of thing you know he's already been put off Mm. he already put it off because of Mourinho like you said before with Levy he obviously you know Pochettino they were all working so well together and were so unlucky like they had their chance of winning the league, they got to a Champions League final. They unfortunately walked away with nothing from both of those. Haven't won a trophy in however many years. Like that's that's why I think everything is in the perfect storm now for Kane to to go. Aguero going as well. Like yeah, yeah. And and you know we said before about the the resale value for City. Like City had Aguero for ten years. He's not he's not that old. What, he's like thirty one i think 32 i think 32 like they 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 could give kane a five-year contract and let him see it out yeah they could do that
0: yeah i mean i mean you you guys make really good points obviously because you're smart people but i do think he'll stay um i you know we talked about this earlier i just don't think the market is there for him the only teams who have the money realistically are not really teams that either a he would go to or B, I don't think have interest particularly. City seems the obvious destination, I guess, because PSG and I don't know Chelsea and no. United. He wants don't... to
2: win titles. He can't go to PSG. Can't go to PSG.
0: <laughs> Didn't even win the league. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And um, you know, over in Germany, Lewandowski just beat the impossible record to beat. He scored forty-one goals, uh, scoring in like the in last twenty-nine games. I know. He scored in the last minute too like and i think it was stoppage time or something to like break the record which is fucking absurd
1: gert muller's record that stood for like 40 years or something stupid that's i
0: know r.i.p gert muller lost his single season record and his goals in a calendar year record to messi like five six years ago maybe more what is time i don't know so let's go ahead and move on boys to what everybody's been waiting for come on it's what it's the big story this week and that is the bluffer finale Me, ian Ty, chuck hosting this one's for all the marbles
1: <laughs> don't talk over the tune i want to let it breathe bring it in with a funky beat uh, 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 uh. well i had to present the last one because that's how it works um because i won't cheat um <laughs> Not the time, britter or anything. Literally ones of letters complaining uh. and on my side about uh, Top Gun Gate. So it's between these two pricks. Um, so I thought, why not do... Because, I've, you know, you all know so that I've gracious. got a big bank of questions in. Uh, we're just going to do all of them to end it. So uh, naturally, this is a best of six, and I have a tiebreaker. <laughs> so. Best of six. Uh do you want me to pick the categories and just throw them at yeah, you or do you just, want a yeah, bit of Let's just awesome. get to it that way.
2: <laughs> Okie
1: okay, dokie, Let's uh fuck it. Let's do this one in that I decided on 5 minutes before we recorded and I don't have the answers for. So, <laughs> that's still more prep than Ian does. Uh, yeah, at least I read it. Oscar. There have been in total 749 clubs that have ever played in the Premier League. Forty-two of those have been relegated. How many of the forty-two can you name whilst I type them into a sporkle quiz to give you the answers <laughs> as you go? <laughs> Please keep uh, the bluffer under ten minutes because there is a time limit on
0: it. Let's uh let's say seven. Just start off with my usual bid.
1: Seven out of forty-two, Ian. Okay, uh I'll go nine. Nine
0: I'll go 13.
1: Lucky 13. One quarter of the way. Not quite. Maths. Not wrong. Uh, 15. 15. Some of the way. 20. I will go uh, 24. 24. Um, 24. 24.
0: Honestly, I think I can do more, but we need to get moving. There's six other categories, so take it at 24. Well, it depends
1: how good you are. If you get to... (laughs) Three. <laughs> First, who Fair First enough. To Ian, go
0: ahead. Take it at 24. No mistakes.
1: Okay. okay. Ian, bear in mind. I am typing these live. I press play on the quiz. <laughs> you have nine minutes and 55 seconds. Go, buddy. Uh, Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Correct. Newcastle United. Newcastle. Correct. Uh, Middlesbrough. Middles. Oh, it's very much based on my spelling ability. Middlesbrough. Ding. I know they're right. This is the thing. It's just a th- <laughs> Uh
2: Swansea ding Fulham yep uh Sheffield United
1: well done for going for these ones now Saving yes. them 7 <laughs> Sunderland Sunderland ding 8 uh Norwich Norwich ding So that is nine teams with 26 relegations between them Wow uh Watford Ugh, coming back but ding 10 uh Bournemouth mnh Oh, no, they're not coming back. Yay! (laughs) It's going down. (laughs) 11. Huddersfield.
0: Huddersfield. (laughs) Huddersfield. 12. Sorry, Uh, I should wait for the ding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Blackpool. Blackpool. Ian Holloway's Blackpool. (laughs) Lucky
0: number 13.
1: 13. Speed it up. (laughs) Uh, Charlton. I'm waiting for you. Charlton. Yeah, go. (laughs) 14. Coventry. Coventry, yeah, go. 15. S- Stoke. Stoke, windy night and Tuesday, go. 16. Hull. Hull, shithole, go. 17. Bolton. Bolton, home of Vernon Kay. ding, go. Oh, my microphone 18. fell. You okay? Yeah, I'm in, go. <laughs> Manchester City. Manchester City, ding, go. 19. Wimbledon. Wimbledon, Go. 20. QPR. Queen's Park Rangers. Oh, do I have to type the whole thing? Fucking hell. Go! 21. Burnley. Burnley.
0: Go! 22. Two more.
1: Cardiff. Cardiff. Just say one more and then end this.
0: <laughs> 23. Ding.
1: No, Wigan. Wigan Ding God bless you Not saying Palace Thanks a lot mate
2: I did I had it read down I thought I'd deliberately Try and not say it
1: (laughs) Second most relegations In history Very nicey And very nicely done Well done So 24 teams 53 relegations Uh, I just didn't
0: feel like Dealing with that many things (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, the long and short of it is, I'm not going to read the rest, but the seven teams who haven't been relegated are Arsenal, Everton, Liverpool, Manchester United, Tottenham, Chelsea and Brighton. They're the only seven teams to have not been relegated. Wow, Brighton could have caught me out, you know. Okay. Probably, yeah, because, well, they've only just frightened. gone up for the first time ever, so and then they yeah. stayed up, so third season. Uh, ding for Stim Dog. So, Oscar. Oh, whilst we're on sport, let's do the one that sat there for months and months and months and months and months. Because <laughs> <laughs> you never pick sport. Because <laughs> you never pick sport. Uh, who's bids first? Ian, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we've done the Summer Olympics, fifteen Winter Olympic sports, uh, and no. yes, there are some like athletics that they all fall under one category. <laughs> That is 15-1-5. What are you saying, Stimdog? 3. 4. 5.
2: 7. Oof. 7. Okay, I will go 8. 8.
1: Yeah, I'll go 9. Wow. You guys. This is why you're in the final. I'm out. Not because you cheated me out of it. No, no, <laughs> out at nine. No, at nine, Oscar P. Puente. Nine of the. Oh, by the way, this is from the 2018 uh, Winter Olympics, if that changes your uh, thing at all. <laughs> you know, classic Oscar move, give you the caveats after. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um,
0: nine, right? So I'll start off with snowboarding. That's the snowboarding. one I Snowboarding, like. ding. Skiing.
1: I will need you to be more specific.
0: Uh, freestyle skiing
1: that'll do pig that's two okay thanks uh bobsled bob well, mm, bob but you know <laughs> i'll give it to you three thanks i appreciate nice.
0: it um oh is this different from bob yes it is cuz it's different we call luge or luge <laughs> <laughs> luge <laughs> Hockey uh, that is four uh ice hockey hockey ice hockey five Speed skating. Yep. Uh, So
1: that's one, two, three, four, five, six. Three more. Uh, Figure skating.
0: Two more. The one that's insanely popular here for no reason at all, curling.
1: Yay, love curling. (laughs) It's popular here as well because we win it. (laughs) Well, the Scottish win it, but it's under our umbrella.
0: (laughs) One more. Um, Cross-country skiing
1: ding well nice. done sir well played uh six more that there were ian did you get any of them did you think or? uh i had ski jumping ski jumping yep or ski jump very good yeah. just once um alpine yep. skiing alpine skiing very good
0: the other one that's like bobsled but one person i don't oh, remember skeleton the skeleton there's skeleton, there it skeleton is.
1: bob yeah, yeah. one one you go it's like luge but you go feet first is that go. the only difference that's, that's literally the only difference yet yeah
0: um the the one that's like skiing and shooting um
1: oh biathlon biathlon,
0: biathlon. Yeah, yeah yeah well done is. yeah
1: yeah good two shout. more um slalom slalom skiing no that comes no. under alpine or uh, oh, okay. i can't remember it's alpine or freestyle um <laughs> there is another multi-event one i believe which is nordic combined And then naturally, because it's fucking different, uh, speed skating and short track speed skating. Oh, Oh, fuck's sake. For whatever reason. Because they're fucking different. I don't know. You just go less distance. Uh, okay. So, one apiece. Happy (laughs) days. Ding to Oscar. So, I have a qualifying question in the film category then. Uh, do you want like 10, 20, 30? Twenty is a sweet spot, I think. Yeah. Twenty yeah, is sweet a sweet spot. Number. Okay. Yeah. Well, that. Well, let. Okay. Let's say from two thousand till two thousand and one. Can you name the films that won Best Picture at the Oscars?
0: From two thousand to two thousand twenty-one? Do you mean?
1: Uh no no t- I meant two thousand to two thousand and one. You have two to choose from. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, yes, I did mean twenty twenty-one.
0: Okay, good. I just got very confused for a second. So, uh, Best Picture. Ooh, I know, I know this pretty well. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to say... Well, let's start off small, give Ian a chance. Let's say seven.
1: Seven out of... I mean, I guess, is there 21? Who knows? I <laughs> haven't counted, because 2020 <laughs> is the same year, according to this. Huh.
0: Yeah, because they cancelled last year's.
1: Okay, so there's 20. Uh, I will go eight. yet
0: I'll go 11.
1: Ooh. Oh, big that seems like it's too rich for Ian's blood right there. I'll, I'll go...
2: Twelve. I know he can do eleven, so I'll go twelve. Try and make it harder for him.
0: See, I don't think Ian has twelve, so I could call him and put him on the spot. But I want it in my hands.
1: <laughs> yeah, you always do, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's it's how many uh, how many surprises were there? Because there was a lot of surprises in the nineties, but less so, I think, in the it's, since uh... the two thousands.
0: It's like the one good association with my name. Every other thing named Oscar is like terrible. Oscar the Grouch, Oscar Meyer hot dogs, like Oscar Pistorius. Well, yep, we don't talk about him. Um so I'm pretty good with the best picture winner, so I'll go ahead and say thirteen.
1: No, I can't do more than that. Okie dokie. Oscar Puente. Canyon. how are you gonna are you gonna do this in chronological order? Absolutely,
0: <laughs> going backwards. Thanks, mate. It saves my it
1: saves my oh going backwards. Cool, that saves my yeah, scrolling. Yeah. As long as I know which way I'm going. Uh, okay, so how many you got? A name? Thirteen. One and three. Thirteen.
0: Let's go. All right. Nomadland. One. Parasite. Two. Uh, Green Book. Never read it. Three. <laughs> Shape of Water. Weird fish fucking. Four.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Moonlight. Five. The other one. Spotlight. Six. Um, what year are we in? We'd be in two thousand. This next now?
1: one would be 2014, correct?
0: Okay, so Birdman,
1: seven. Fuck it, though.
0: uh Twelve Years a Slave, Argo, Eight, nine, The Artist, ten, King's Speech, eleven. <laughs> um, oh my god! wow oh, shit, was it Avatar or Hurt Locker? Hurt Locker.
1: Twelve. Thank Slum God dog. you didn't go for the other one. Thirteen. Do you want to keep going? Hell well yeah! Played. Let's go.
0: No Country for Old Men, 14, The Departed, 50, Crash, 60, Million Dollar Baby, Return of the King, 18, Chicago, God. Beautiful Mind, Gladiator, <laughs> and now we're in the 90s. I think 99 was American Beauty, and then I don't remember before that.
1: Jesus so Christ. So 98, 98 was Shakespeare in Love, because everyone was pissed oh, off because it beat yeah, Saving yeah, yeah. Private Ride. And, and then 97
0: wow. would be Titanic.
1: Yeah. I shouldn't have to play this shit against Rain Man for fuck's
2: Braveheart
0: sake. Braveheart is there, but I don't think that's the year before. I think that's a couple of years before.
1: No, uh, Titanic English Patient, Braveheart, English Forrest English Patient,
0: Gump. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Schindler's <laughs>
1: Fist, Unforgiven. Silence, the Lambs, silence how, Wow! And now okay. we're
0: where I was born, so I don't know anything before then.
1: <laughs> Na- famously, no one knows anything before they were born. <laughs> uh, fantastic, mate! So two, one, two. Oscar, unbelievable. Um, Ian, I will throw to you. There are twenty-four deserts on Earth that are Ooh. over twenty thousand square miles.
0: Oh. Uh, four. Five. Five. Question, is mm-hmm. this every kind of desert or just...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's deserts. It's not based on ma- material.
0: I don't know. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Okay, I'm, uh, we're on the same page. I mean, it, you maybe. know the answer, so that works.
2: Uh, yeah, six.
0: Seven.
2: Eight.
0: Ian, your camera's frozen. Do you actually have eight? Are you writing? Like, I can't tell. That's really a disadvantage.
1: I'm writing, I've got... We need to turn on the audio description on Ian so that, like, that that woman that comes on and goes, Ian has picked up his pin.
0: Uh, I'll go nine, sure.
1: I can't go ten.
0: You son of a bitch, you didn't have eight, you're just driving me up.
1: I did have eight, I did have eight. I think I've got nine. Oh, come
0: on, you can't punt for the tenth, you coward. This is for the win. If I win this, I win the title.
1: I would say, just looking at the list of 24, I won't give the uh, answers, obviously, but there is a point where there is an incredibly steep drop-off in knowledge <laughs> about them. <laughs> I, I can't pull that another one. That is literally one. like, oh, I've heard of that, heard of that, gone, never, not even in a million years. I can't pull another
2: one. No, I can't, I can't. I, I would literally just be sat here going uh, goldfishing, because I've
1: got no idea. So Goldfinger. There you go. I'm lucky. Um, okay, so, Oscar, you need to name <sighs> nine. This would be point the third. I hate how invested I get in this. Yeah, imagine how it feels to be given categories that you don't know any of. Them.
2: Yeah, it must feel pretty rough,
1: yeah. yeah it must yeah. feel pretty rough. Oscar, can you name nine, please?
0: <laughs> yeah, let's get the cold ones out of the way, because I'm hoping that's what we were thinking about when yeah, I asked that, you about that different obviously materials. obviously what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, okay, good, good, good. good. Uh, so there's the Antarctic and the Arctic and the Russian Arctic.
1: Ding, 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 three. <sighs>
0: All right, then Russian let's Arctic. go to the sand ones that I know. We have <laughs> Sahara, Australian, Four, and Arabian. Five,
1: six. So oh. you've just closed out the top six <laughs> by area. It's fair enough. You would have added the bigger ones probably. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah so yeah. how many you got to do? Three more? Three more. Easy. Uh,
0: three more. Okay. Um, Patagonia. What,
1: what, what did you just look at to see? I have a
0: sweater. That's from the store, Patagonia, and I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to say the wrong word, because sometimes I mispronounce that one. Well,
1: it's the Patagonian, uh, Okay, but that's seven.
0: Uh, there's also another one that I know just because it's hilarious, and it's the Chihuahua Desert, or the Chihuahuan Desert.
1: <laughs> Chihuahuan, ding, it.
0: Uh, one more. Um... Is the one in America going to be big enough? I don't want to risk that. Uh... Gobi.
1: Well played uh, for number nine, uh, Ian. Did you have any more that you wanted to throw out there? Um, calam- uh, you were going to say you were going to say calamari. I, wasn't gonna say you? calamari <laughs> I was going <making> to say calamari.
0: I was thinking of food. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, the Kalahari is there, just below is the, the Gobi Mojave Desert. There, Mojave Desert is there. Great Basin. Great Basin is there.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh,
1: a favorite of mine, just based on this, Puntland. <laughs> just thought that's good. It's just <laughs> what this this quiz is. Um, then there's the Columbia Basin. Uh, there's another American, the Colorado Plateau.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, so, no, good. That's most of the big ones. And Atacama. Yeah, so, three, one. Three, no one. pressure,
0: Ian. You just got to win out. No big deal. Yep. No big deal.
1: We have done Europe, I think. We've done the Americas. We've done South America. We've done Africa. But we haven't done the countries of Asia. 49 countries of Asia, member of the United Nations in its own right. Blah, 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 blah. Sovereign. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Oscar, how many can you name? I'll
0: start with 13.
1: 13. Okay, 15. 15. 17. 17.
0: Uh... I took a Southeast Asian history class in college, so. Uh... F-
1: Sake. You're in a wine and cheese club as well
0: yeah. That's true <laughs> Doesn't mean Ian fuck the all. good thing about having so many degrees Is that I've studied everything at some point
1: <laughs> oh, the, Yeah the good thing about having so many degrees. Uh 19 19 21 21 out of 49 I can't write
0: this quickly That's the good thing about going off the dome Ian. You don't have to write stuff down
2: Yeah, 23
0: Yeah all right, you know what? Go on, have it. I want to see if you can do 23.
1: Oh, my God. He went near that written. Narrative. Okay, okay, Ian. Countries of Asia, 49. Uh, North Korea. <laughs>
0: Weird place, to, place start. to start. Good place to start, sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> One, Nine. ding, Mine South works Korea. In hilarious ways. South Korea. That was the natural progression there.
0: <laughs> Here we go. Ding, two. India. Three.
1: India,
2: three. Pakistan. Four. Four.
1: Bangladesh.
0: Five. Ding.
1: China. Six. Ding. I love that Oscar's just doing it without the listing function. Yeah. yeah.
0: Japan. Seven. You're missing one of the biggest ones, for the record. By population, at least.
1: Stop Stop fucking with him.
0: <laughs> stop <laughs> fucking with him.
1: Uh, Russia. Eight. Eight.
2: Uh, Vietnam. Nine. Nine. Philippines. Ten. Ten. Nepal. Eleven. Eleven. Nepal
0: uh, uh, Taiwan. Is that not a. I don't think that's a country. That's oh, part of China, right?
2: Fuck, it's part of China, isn't it? Yeah. You gotta play his music, Ian. Oh, that sickens me. Oh, no. It's Come on. Up
0: to you. Hey! 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 hey. The biggest New asterisk York. in podcasting. York.
1: Oscar has managed to win.
0: New York. the game he
1: invented. <laughs> Brackets did. Congratulations, Oscar. Oh, well done, Ian, Oscar. Ian, come on now. Going straight in with disputed territories. Oh, I don't know. That was scary.
0: Ian, you could have had. Uh, let's see, Indonesia, Vietnam. He did yes, it. No,
2: no, I know there were a lot of countries. Oscar. <laughs>
0: Afghanistan, Uh, Bahrain, Azerbaijan,
1: Bhutan, Brunei, Cambodia, Cyprus, Egypt, Georgia, Indonesia, Iran, Iraq, Israel, Jordan, Kazakhstan, Kuwait, Kurdistan, Laos, Lebanon, Malaysia, Maldives, Mongolia, (laughs) Myanmar, Oman, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Singapore, Sri Lanka, Syria, Tajikistan, Thailand, Timor-Leste, not molest, uh, Turkey, Turkmenistan, UAE, Uzbekistan, (laughs) Yemen,
0: salmon Uh, fishing
1: in the Yemen. Uh, well that's a shame if I'd have known I would have rigged that earlier so I could have gone to a tie but there we go <laughs> yeah Oscar wins 4-1 well, can we get
0: the tiebreaker anyway just for fun
1: I'm uh, just very curious what it was what you just want to do a one-off bid up bluffer so uh, according to the Heinz website
0: <laughs> oh the flavors it, didn't we do this last summer
1: negative don't try don't try and second guess me sir
0: sorry according sorry.
1: to Heinz what is the average number of baked beans in a tin of baked beans? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Good. I like that. Bid up until, you know, you know the rules. Uh, Oscar, go for it. I mean, this a fun, so it means
0: nothing. I know. I could say it's yeah. worth a point. 42.
1: Right. Brilliant. 42 beans in a tin. Amazing. <laughs> uh,
0: is that too many or too little? I'm really bad at this sort of thing.
1: Have you ever opened a tin of baked beans?
0: No. Not big
1: beans. Well, Heinz is in his actual company. Deal with it. So Ian said 72. Oscar? Uh,
0: 73.
1: Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) It's for fun and you're still gaming it. (laughs) For fuck's sake. 80. 80. Just so you know, you're both fucking way off. You've got so much more to go for. Oh, right. Okay. 148. Keep fucking going. Oh, God.
2: Okay. Uh, 180. Keep going. So much
1: how, more room. How
0: fucking big are these cans?
1: It's like a... I mean, I didn't want to tell you the number of grams because they're a the tin because then you might be able to work it out on maths. So just deal with it.
0: Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, but I know
1: how many grams are. Yeah, okay.
0: 420.
2: But now we're getting somewhere. See, that, that's, a, that's got to be about the number of grams. Maybe. So we're talking one bean... Do you want to keep going, Ian?
1: What? Well, because at, yeah.
2: 100, <laughs> uh, at
1: 180, we weren't even halfway.
2: Right, okay, so that was ridiculous. Um, yeah, And um, but actually when you think of the grams, that, that is ridiculous, isn't it? But uh, there's sauce involved. No,
1: I don't want to go any higher than that. Well then, well, even with the tiebreaker then, Mr Puente takes it. 465 oh, is what well. I and say. Very good. The that seems of insane. Beans. Well, it's a lot of beans, mate. You know, that's a, it, a lot of beans, isn't it? It's a lot yeah. of beans. They're packed in there. A lot of juice. A lot of yeah. lubrication. Uh, so that does the bluffer, and um, I believe. Uh, I mean, do you want to play the sad music again, Ian? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> um, <laughs> that listeners, after Don't this really season, we we will be retiring the bluffer. It's had a good innings. We've all laughed, cried, screamed. You certainly have. I I might have had an embolism at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, we'll probably just do... I don't even know. We'll do something funnier next year. Do a suggestion. Maybe I'll just do a quiz since I'm the only one who can fucking organise Your one. quizzes
2: are better, that's <laughs> to be said.
1: So maybe we will. Who knows? Give me ideas. Please make them good ideas. Uh, thanks, guys. Um, that would be appreciated. Bad uh,
0: ideas only to me and Ian, please.
1: And yeah, so that's it for the quiz element. We will, as we said before, we're going to come back next week. Uh, we're going to do kind of, uh, obviously speaking about the Champions League, maybe a bit of the Europa League final, depending on what whether we can be bothered or not. Uh, nah. Doing a bit of a general overlook on the whole season, doing a few awards. I guess I hand over my crown. Uh, no, I ever had one. I didn't even bother to make one. I was <laughs> going to make one as a joke <laughs> like a year done. and a half ago and didn't. And then I've lost my opportunity. So even the thought of hubris was hubristic. Um, (laughs) And yeah, and then we'll be with you. Like Oscar said earlier, the Patreon, we have suspended payments and we'll be keeping those suspended until the commencement of the Premier League season. Um, We might pop by and do some stuff with the Euros, maybe play some Euro fantasy with you, who knows? But you can get in on the Slack, all the delicious creamy goodness uh, and the other kind of games that are going on. Um, Patreon Jeff Pedder has got a couple of cool things going on so you can get in contact with him through there as well and just, you know, see what it's about and have some good vibes for the summer when England I mean, well, they'll come home at some point. Um, I just did a lot of filler waiting for Ian to start the music. I didn't know when he wanted it. And he doesn't. And he's... For fuck's sake. So we'll be back with you next week. Thank you very much. Uh, That's 38 in the can, but we've still got the end of season special. Congratulations, Oscar Puente, Bluffer Champion.
0: Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, Chelsea! In the final, we got those and
1: a valiant, if suspect, effort from Mystery and Stimson. What <laughs> like Peter? Bur- finishing second. Thanks, thanks, Nate Whittam. Bye.